Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ear Hammer Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Ear Hammer Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Crooked. On today's episode, I will be talking to members of the band Fox. That's F-A-W-X, Fox. Be sure to check out Ear Hammer Records on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the YouTube channel. Please subscribe and share. It'll really help support what we're doing here. To support this show and the record label, you can become a patron of the Ear Hammer Podcast Patreon account. Donate and get label merch sent right to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for those of you who are helping support the show and the the label. So uh, today we're going to be talking to a couple band members from a band called Fox. They're a wonderful Cleveland band on Earhammer Records, and we're going to get to know those guys a little bit. So with all that being said, here we go. All right, so, um, hey, so we are joined by Austin and Trevor of the band Fox. Welcome, guys. Thank you for coming down. What up, Bill? What up? (laughs) Thanks for coming down tonight. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to ask you some questions and get to know a little bit more about Fox that I don't know and and you guys as musicians. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun, I think. I I haven't haven't been on a podcast ever, so. First time. Well, technically, we did one with our, our, our different Trevor. Um, but it never got off the ground, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, okay. Just, he was lost. doing, a, he was doing like a deep dives thing. Like, so he was kind of doing something similar where like, you know, he was going to interview bands and like do, you know, kind of dig. Uh-huh. So yeah, it was, it was fun to do. So I'm excited for this one too. Fantastic. Cool. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being here. Oh yeah. Um, so you guys are from a band called Fox. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about the spelling of the band name a little <laughs> bit? Just to, just to clarify. It's F-A-W-X. Everybody always messes it up. It's not F A U X. It's but it's, it's fine. That's <laughs> fine though. <laughs> There's nothing fake. Foe is fake. You guys exactly. Yeah. yeah. And originally, when we were doing the name thing, you know, we went through like every band does, probably a million of them. And Fox came up F O X, but I think the A W was just to be edgy. <laughs> and uh, and this is Austin talking, by the way. Just yes. So, hello. <laughs> so you get to know the voice and know who's who's speaking. Yeah. Huh? We just played an Ear Hammer showcase not that long ago at Happy Yeah, Dog, what a blast, And dude. they also misspelled your name on the marquee out front. Did they? Well, I guess it's not a marquee, but the, the stand-up yeah. on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, figures. And it, yeah, it was F-A-U-X. Yeah, I know, Biggie. But was, Ca- Cameron fixed it. Did he? Yeah. Okay, yeah, good, good on him. <laughs> He's always looking out. F-A-W-X. Cameron is our... Our other guitarist who is not with us here today, but right, he's, and, a, he's a good man. He's not, <laughs> he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> not dead, just indisposed. And your drummer's name is? That's Jay. He's in Cali at the moment for work. He's a big time roadie. <laughs> Which is cool. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. Yeah, he, uh, it's, it's, it's co- kind of cool because he has a whole, you know, he has a different perspective on the whole mu- music industry doing what he does. So it's pretty cool. He's doing it like day in and day out. Every day, loading in, loading out, giant arenas, big bands. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So helping carry you guys' amps is nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Or helping <laughs> carry your amps, I should say. Yeah, exactly. Be nice. Um, 
So Austin, I'm a little curious. I'm going to pick on you a little bit. Yeah. Um, were you in any bands before Fox? I was not. No, uh, I play. I've played music like my whole life, but never in another band. Okay, this is the first time playing with other people. No, I was uh, in. I was. Cl- I'm classically trained. I was from like the moment I was able to. I was doing concert band, marching band, jazz band, even all that. So I'm. I'm used to playing with a unit. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hooray for interviews. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, so I did that from, I think they start you off in like fourth grade. You know, they take you into the little room and they give you a trumpet, give you a saxophone, give you a trombone, see what, you know, you vibe with. I ended up doing trombone until I graduated. Did a little bit of drumline. That was really fun. Uh, yeah, did, did love playing with people. That's the best, that's the best way to do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you have like family members? Like is that running the family? Is it genetic um, or... My dad did it a little when he was, you know, when he was in school. My sister, she did marching band and concert band. She played flute but didn't do anything after that. I'm the only musician that kept doing music after school. Okay. Yeah, so. Was there a lot of that growing up? Did you, was it like music a big thing in your house or did you kind of find it on your own? My dad, he used to be, a. he was always into prog rock, Rush, uh, Genesis. He loves Genesis. Uh, Yes. He liked Yes. Um he kind of fell out of that. It seems like more, nowadays he's more into like crooners, which is fine. That's still cool music, but that's definitely where I got my rock influences at, at a young age. And then when I finally got to high school and I actually started meeting people, I, you know, uh, who were showing me music I'd never heard. That's when it really started to happen, and like in in high school for sure. So that kind of makes me think maybe do you not have older siblings or I do I have one older sister but she was never a huge music head so so not passing records on to you no nah, not by any means it was kind of, I kind of discovered music on my own like like I said my dad listened to a little bit of rock but at the end of the day I was going to like I would go to the local library you know I had a, I got a library card and they had racks and racks and racks of CDs so I'd just go and I'd grab whatever looked cool and I I jam it, and I got into like John Mayer, Dave Matthews Band, like a whole bunch, a whole bunch of stuff that uh, I never would have got introduced to if I hadn't just been curious. And you're how old finding the, those bands? Oh, I had to have been like thirteen, I think, when I started like really like diving into music and like finding stuff that I liked. Probably that was seventh grade. Yeah, I remember seventh grade because we moved. Uh, it was a Lodi library. We'd go there like I'd go like once or twice a week, get movies, get music. It was awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. How old are you, by the way? I'm gonna be twenty eight uh, on the thirtieth, actually, in a few days. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Happy premature birthday. Yeah, yeah almost. Nice. Almost. Yeah, I'm excited. Um uh, my, my, my this guy, we might actually go out this weekend do a little little, little party and a little drinking. A little something, little something. Well maybe. <laughs> That's Trevor, by the way. Yeah. Hey Trevor. Hey Austin. <laughs> what about you, Trevor? Did, you have, did your background, musical background, come from anything out of the ordinary, or just like? I mean, when I was a kid, I had to listen to Brooks and Dunn on repeat for my dad. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then my mom was into like Crazy Town, uh, Britney Spears, stuff like that. So it hurt growing up. <laughs> uh, seventh grade is when I like started getting introduced to bands like. Rise Against, uh, CKY, and like LimeWire became my best friend. So, how'd you find that genre? Was it just something that happened organically? Uh, or what? Hanging out with friends at school, you know, just kind of they dropping names. And like I was 
like I lived alone on the outside of like Medina. That's where I was born. And uh, going to school, like I, I didn't get to really see them after school. So like they would drop these names and like I was on the outskirts, but I had a computer. So I was like looking up these bands' names that I just hear them drop. And like that got me into like Blink-182, Green Day, and then like just progressed into like uh, – I chemical romance stuff like that. That's really similar for me. Yeah, I'd see like buddies wearing T-shirts of like Avenged Sevenfold and Slayer and stuff, oh, and yeah. I'm like, "Yo, what the hell is that?" Because I was my parents are pretty conservative uh, Christians, so they I didn't like none of that stuff was like in 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 our repertoire. So when I heard it for the first time through friends, that it was like, "Wow, I never knew music like that existed." Yeah. Plus, also that's artwork on T-shirts that looks yeah. dangerous. You're just like, "Whoa, what the hell is Party. that?" <laughs> yeah. Like, that looks like something I shouldn't be into. <laughs> <laughs> or very much should. In my case, I saw that and I was like, let's go. <laughs> exactly. Mom and dad weren't very happy about that, but th- they'll live. How do mom and dad feel about Fox? Do they ever give you some beef my, about it? <laughs> my dad has talked to me about the band about like a total of two times. <laughs> and not because they don't care, but uh, just because, you know, they, they, they let me do my thing. Uh, he said, yeah, I listened to, he listened to no rules a couple, I think he listened to a couple songs or something. He's like, you know, you guys are really good, you know, real driving, real, you know, real, you guys are yelling and stuff. So, you know, he doesn't really understand it, but he, he said, he thinks we're talented. So, well, that's good. So you got some support. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely, you know, I just talked to them right before I came up here. Hey, I'm going to do band stuff. Oh, okay. Have fun. You know, so they, they definitely support me in it a lot. Like they're not into the genre by any means, but. They don't need to be as long as they're there to be like, hey, you know, you're you got this, you're good. That's all I need. I'm not trying to stop you from doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, you're never gonna make it. You know, it's nothing like that. They, you know, they're really cool about it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um. So I'm just curious a bit. Um. So when Fox came about, I know a little bit about of the a little bit of the background. Mm-hmm. So if you could kind of, if you could kind of, <laughs> you know. Flesh it out for us so that we know how the band at least came about. And whichever one of you guys wants to jump in, who knows the... Well, Trevor can start the story because I was not an OG member. Right. So, so Austin was... Yeah, you were not an I, original I, member. I got recruited by a guy who's no longer in the band technically. Okay. Or actually, yeah. Well, not, were, not technically, but he's not in the band anymore. You were OG in the sense that you were there. Yeah. In yeah, the beginning. Right. And there was no... I mean, was there another... No, you were the only. Basis. I was the only audition. Yeah, you were okay. the only audition. Yeah, because I, I, my roommate Josh at the time, he's like, "Hey, uh, you know Trevor, you know Jay, uh, they're start, we're starting to start a band. Uh, you want to come? You know, he knew I play guitar. He's like, "Hey, you want to come mess around on some bass, see what happens?" So I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" So we went, and just the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty to much. give it a little bit of a timeline, uh, I know the first record came out in 2018. Yeah. So when was this? happening when it was you're kind of rounding out the band members 2015 like three years before the record yeah okay. three years before the record we were practicing Jay's chilling and Bomb. thrilling was 2018 mm-hmm. i thought it was 2017 wow. but i did some research wow he knows more than us <laughs> wow yeah uh 2015 uh summer is when me and jay went and bought the pa system um then we went to his mom's basement in euclid um funny story about that that's we have a song that we haven't recorded yet called Bad Larry in the PBR basement band. That's kind of where that came from. Was we were the basement band. And we would crush beers in Jay's yeah. mom's basement. But, <laughs> but uh, Jay actually he used to live in uh, Florida. That's where he was going to school. And uh, before he went to college in Florida, Jay and I were in a 
post-hardcore band called Captain My Captain. Um, and like he went to college, so that ended. And then he came back and looked at me, and he's like, hey, man, you still like want to do band stuff? I was like, yeah. And we both looked at each other, and we're like, yeah, nope, not post-hardcore, though. <laughs> like, let's let's move up a little from that. <laughs> like, like, we're leveling up. We're leveling up. We're going to do some, like, you know, get more simplistic with it and, you know, have more fun with it, not be so technical with it. Yeah, and Captain My Captain, like, half the members weren't really, like, yeah. trying to do the band thing, right? Yeah, they weren't really trying to do anything. Like, it was mainly just me and Jay, like, trying to, like, get everything set up and, like, build these songs did, and did, actually did do Did that them. band play shows? Uh, only at our practice spot. You had like people in there and played. Shows? Yeah, yeah. That's we were playing cool. at my ex girlfriend's grandma's house. That's where our practice <laughs> spot was. <laughs> nice. And like we'd have like crowds of like ten people come in, and we'd just be like, "Let's destroy this place!" Wow, that's awesome. And then it evolves to okay, let's change direction. Yeah, and then and then Austin comes along. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So like you know they had a couple songs that they were jamming, maybe three or four of them. I don't even think we play any of those songs anymore. That I'm thinking about it. Um, Bad Larry, except yeah, except Bad Larry. Remember L.A. Girlfriend? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of old. There's probably a lot of dead tracks that I don't even remember. But yeah, I came in. I had a couple of things written. I think uh, No Ohio was one of them. I think American Honey came a little bit later. Yeah, but uh, right off the rip, I'm like, hey guys, I got these tunes. I got the melodies. I got the lyrics. I got everything. And the, and it just it vibed really good, and we just started doing it. And Jay, I remember Jay being specifically stoked <laughs> about the fact that, like, oh my gosh, you got this random guy that I don't know, and he just shows up and he starts writing songs. That's pretty cool. So it was uh, we were we were jiving for sure. It was it was a good time in the basement days. Nice. That's a good way to be productive when sh- someone shows up with material and drive. Yeah, I mean, and I didn't, and I wasn't thinking like, oh, we're gonna like start a band and all that. You know, I was just like, I had I had been playing guitar for like a year. Oh, okay. I, I stopped playing music after after I graduated. I didn't touch any an, an instrument for like two or three years. And then my buddy Josh Henson, uh, shout out Yusha, he 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 played guitar. So we me and him started jamming together. He would teach me chords, you know, and t- kind of showed me the ropes with guitar. And I just I I got I got really good really quick. And I meet and I started writing songs and just it just happened. It was really cool. So you were playing guitar and writing, yeah. Yet you ended up being the bass player in Fox and singing lead vocals. Correct. Yeah. Well, you know, both guitar parts were filled, so I'm like, well, I still want to. I wasn't always the singer, is the thing. So I was the, you know, secondary vocalist at first, and Josh, and Josh was our was our main guy. But after he left, uh, I just kind of filled those shoes because we had Cam audition, and you know. He tried to have him sing and stuff, and we just, you know, we weren't feeling it necessarily. Not, you know, nothing against him or anything at all. But we're like, you know, let's screw it. Let's have a bass man, front man thing going on, you know. I think it's unique. I kind of like that aspect of the band from, like, you know, outside looking in. You don't see that a lot. You came up on prog rock with listening to Rush at an early age. <laughs> I mean, maybe it was fate. Yeah. Well, when I, right before that, the band started, I was listening to a lot of, like, folk punk. Mm-hmm. So I think that was like like that's kind of how I learned. If anybody knows like Johnny Hobo, Pat the Bunny, that kind of stuff, uh, that's what I was learning on the guitar. Like I was learning those songs, those really basic four chord punk stuff. So that translated super well when I show up and I'm like, hey guys, I got you know, they're that's what they're trying to do. It's like you know, it's just like the stars aligned. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. 
And so, and then the first record came out in 2018. So yep. what, what, you know, what happened to leading up to that? Was it just wrote a bunch of songs? Everybody kind of like, how did the songwriting go leading up to that to where the point where you were like, Hey, we're ready to record our first record. So I, yeah, go ahead. Go most ahead. of those songs were, um, we had them made before like Cam was in the band. So I don't think Cam had much input on Chilling and thrilling, and for the for the listeners, Cameron is the um, uh, rhythm guitar player and backup vocals. Yes, correct. Yeah, who yeah. joined? Yeah. Twenty seventeen, I think. Yeah, like a year before that record. Yeah. yeah. So the lineup of the four of you guys are on all the the, the two recordings that are yeah. available right we now. We technically have like some stuff in the vault from when Josh was there that we recorded in the basement, but nothing we ever put out. Okay. Okay. For clarity, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, you're good. Oh yeah. Yeah, chilling through. Everything was written before Cam came in. I mean, he came in when we recorded and like, you know, put his uh, put put a little of his dust on it. But yeah, well, we we were recording. What song was it? Was it Lakeside? Because remember, he like Jay Jay was working on a song, and Cam like came over to the house and was like helping you guys record it or something. Oh my god, that song! That song what, never got released. What was that? Do you remember? It was interlude. Interlude. Yeah, we had like oh, we were. Boom, s- bow, 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 bow. I remember yeah, what you're yeah, talking about. We I remember were, exactly what you're talking like about. Like the drum part for it was literally like Cam and Jay just like they had like some chains on their boots and they were just stomping on the floor. Yeah, and, I like, do remember that. I, it was just a weird like bum bum ba bum 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 ba bum ba bum ba bum. Something weird like it was that. Like some sludgy swampy yeah. thing that we came up with. And like we were just, we, it was cool, but we were like, yeah, this is. But well, well the, but Cam came over and he was helping like make that song and that's how he like we were like let try him out exactly so like at, at that point josh was josh had phased out and we were like well what do we do now and just like he just cam just showed up because he was jay's drinking buddy it was just like perfect timing yeah i think we like the first practice we like jammed with him and like we were like in our heads we were like oh cam's in the band and at the end he's like well so so am i in the band and we're like yeah. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> We're like, I thought you already knew that. <laughs> he well, like, like oh. he, he knew half the songs by the time he, like, started actually, like, jamming with us. Like, he, he had sat down and listened to American Honey, and, like, he knew the chords. So, like, it was, like, he, yeah, he, he's a great guitar player. So, you know, he just, he just took, it was, like, fish to water. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. And so, 2018, you guys put out the first record. Mm, yeah. So, I remember... Like we just started doing songs that in like we took all of our like our kind of our favorites, kind of our best ones, and just we're like, well, we only have so much money, <laughs> so we're gonna do these five, and uh, yeah, and that was just I think that's just kind of the, kind of the, the amount of deliberation we put into it. <laughs> yeah, because we only used band fund to pay for music, like we don't ever pay out of our own pockets for it. Yeah, we've paid out of our own pockets for. The merch, merch and yeah, travel time, ex- travel yeah. expenses and stuff. But as far as like recording goes, we try to like yeah make it somewhat self sufficient. But yeah, we we got those five songs going, and at first we we were, were trying to trying to record stuff by ourselves. Uh, it's but that's hard, <laughs> you know, when you, when you don't have a lot of money. Jay had like you know access to like some a- equipment through his job and stuff. So we you know we borrowed some preamps and we're messing around with stuff. But eventually we're like, let's get in a studio. Screw it, let's try to get some time found uh ron and dayton at a rephrase um rephrase studios 
and it just worked out. He he, he had a sweet deal, so we just went down there for like it was a weekend, right? Weekend for five hundred bucks, five songs, two days, five hundred bucks, five songs, and uh, And I mean the guy has like a ten million dollar studio. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, Goo Goo Dolls like recorded a song. He said, "Yeah, uh, who else? Michael Bublé, Flavor Flav." He does some of the Disney. P-Funk? Yeah, he does some of the Disney recordings too, like yep. just vocal. Yeah, recordings. so this guy's, you know, so we're like, okay, cool, this guy seems legit. So we go down, we have a good time, uh, you know, drink some beer and recorded a record. Mm-hmm. And then is that the same studio you went to for the second no record? Yeah, the yep. same one as No Rules. And that was pretty much the same thing. It's like. It doubled pre- the time though. Uh-huh. We got double the time on it. Double the time, yeah. Four days, $1,000, yeah. Um, and that time, it was a little bit. It was it, we didn't have to pick as many because you know we get ten this time, so we're like we just kind of started going, and we're like okay we got ten let's just do them, and it was kind of the same thing as you know we just wrote ten of the best songs that we could and just kind of did it. You I think know? Are there some songs that got left off of that record? I think so. Yeah, there are a few. Um, I like, can't recall anything specific. Can you? The song "No Rules" got left off. Oh yeah, yeah. But it was yeah. There was going to be a, a quote unquote title track, but it was just way too far away from being completed. So and it was acoustic. So and so, do you uh, between like that first record and second record, do you start to notice um, a, a growing audience that are coming to your shows? Do you start to notice any kind of like interest from fans or like what's that's what what's that feeling like at that point? So we have enough you know friends it's in the midwest you know i don't know people are so tight-knit especially like people who are into the same music so it's just like as soon as all any of our buddies heard that we were making punk music they're like oh okay let's go let's you know let's go to shows let's you know we started off doing you know we our first show was at a shitty dive bar in medina ohio and it was like a an open mic night and we showed up and like we didn't expect this at all like 30 or 40 of, of our friends just showed up <laughs> like to this bar that's usually pretty empty just showed up packed the place we're like ha- we, we did like what like six songs total yeah and we're we play like two of them two or three of them and the owners show up and they start yelling at us they're like you're too goddamn loud you didn't tell us you were coming and we were just like whoa 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 and but then i look at them like guys we packed your bar so like can you know like they're like oh, yeah they did pack our bar <laughs> so they let us play like three more songs <laughs> I remember that was a crazy show I took my pants off on stage well, at uh, least they were logical with it yeah yeah we talked them we talked them off the ledge and they they were they were cool we haven't been back there since <laughs> but yeah we had we just had it was just really cool like we saw the support immediately so we were like okay so like at least people at least our friends will come just to see just to you know hang out with us. Mm-hmm. So we started doing more stuff and people actually were coming and like really getting into it, like moshing and like, you know, like starting to learn the lyrics even. It was just mm-hmm. like, holy crap, like people actually like like us. That's weird. <laughs> you know? It's a good feeling, isn't it? It, is, it was it was odd. Yeah. And like you don't think, you, you know, at first you're like, well, I'm not shit. I'm playing in garages, you know, in, in Medina. But then when you start, you know, packing like actual rooms, then you're like, OK, cool. I'm not. I'm not a I'm not a total screw up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a little curious on and your your overall sound. So you guys mm-hmm. do a, a really cool blend of like punk, rock, psychedelic kind of stuff that all mixes together. So sure. 
I'm just curious, is that something that you planned ahead of time or did it just happen? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. We, we, we went into it being like, we're going to be like a Midwest emo pop punky kind of band. Mm-hmm. And it went from that to just, we, I don't know. We just like kept playing heavier <laughs> and we didn't, you know, there was no control over it. We just kept getting heavier. And then I, in, since we were like a small band, it kind of took like the ball to, it took it a long time to get rolling. So we had a lot of time to like discover new music in our personal lives. And I feel like that is what really influenced the change in the, it, like the, you know, the, the change in the sound, like the, the slow and steady change. It went, cause like that first record, it was pretty poppy. It was pretty emo. And then it went more psychedelic. And I think that the sole reason for that is because of how much time passed since we wrote those first five songs compared to those 10 ones that were on no rules. So it, it really has happened naturally. We're like, we just took what we were already doing and just put in influences from music that we were discovering and listening to. That, yeah, I mean, it can hear it definitely in the, in mm-hmm. the, the difference in, from the records and, and how it's grown. Even so, we're recording this before your third album is released. Oh, yeah. But I think by the time people are hearing this podcast, it will already have been released on Earhammer Records. I think so. What do we – I mean, we're sh- can, we well, sh- can we talk about release dates right now? Is that cool? Yeah, I mean, we can – Well, we, we were spitballing for uh, Valentine's Day – uh, releasing uh, uh, the single 2020, mm-hmm. and then um, St. Patty's Day is going to be uh, the release date. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't so, know if we wanted to say the name yet. Or uh, we're not going to say the name of the okay. new record yet. Yeah. So I would say most likely by the time people are hearing this podcast, it'll be out. Probably. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what your turnaround's looking like, but yeah, yeah but so probably around the same time or after, yeah. Yeah. So um, how would you say from recording the last record to this one, what would you say, do you think, how, how did you guys grow as a band, as songwriters, as lyricists, just overall to this record now? It definitely has a darker feel, in my opinion. Um, it's still it's still Fox. It's still punk. It's still psychedelic. It's still angsty. Just different i don't know it's kind of hard to explain i'm excited for people to hear the songs because like a lot of a lot of them are really unique and it's like nothing we've ever done and at first we didn't like realize what we were doing and then we started we got in the studio with chris chris wright shout out chris shout out rubber rubber lizard studios um we started working with them and as we're just going we had all these we had them written uh what uh, seven songs and we're just like, at first it's, you know, okay, cool. These sound like Fox songs. But then we got in there and we're like, these are way heavier than we thought they were going to be. You know, I, and I, you know, I'm cranking the distortion on my bass and like I'm getting, Trevor's getting super crazy with the effects on the guitar. And it just like, it just, it, it, it's, it's really cool. It, I think it's like the best of what No Rules was all in one album, in my opinion. Yeah, from what I've heard so far, and obviously, because yeah. I haven't heard all of it yet, because it's not out yet as we're recording this, right. it sounds fantastic. And, I'm and glad to hear it. It's just one of those things I think it's probably pretty natural that you guys are continually growing mm-hmm. to be better songwriters and performers and everything else, mm-hmm. which it should be, right? Like that progression. Yeah, absolutely. As far as lyrics go, like they've def. I mean, they've gotten more mature for sure. You know, it's less about, you know, girls and drinking beer and more 
esoteric, you know. Uh, I've noticed that with the lyrics, and this is something I was going to actually ask you. It's sure. Good, it's good segue. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. The, the lyrics definitely have a sensitive side, but there <laughs> is a lot of angst too mixed in. Yeah. So I noticed that there's a lot of – there's a, a good mix of both. Mm-hmm. So – and do you write – Austin, do you write I'm, most of the lyrics? I'm quote unquote the primary lyricist. Okay. I get a lot of input from Jay and from Trevor. Um, with with help from lyrics, so I'm not going to sit here and say I write everything. But yeah, I, I write a lot. I write a lot of lyrics. Is that like like I know it's a hard thing to answer, but how do you like? Where does it come from? Do you think? I mean, like you said, uh, the, w- 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 there's a sensitive side. There's right? a sensitive side and a very so. And there's an angsty side. Yeah, I definitely try to be first of all genuine. You know, I don't want to like you know, and not always. You know, sometimes you write you write you write something because it sings well or something, but. I have I try to have a certain amount of sincerity and being genuine when I'm when I'm writing it. So sometimes that just comes through and it, it seems like, okay, this guy you know has issues like everybody. And like I think that's why people like them a lot. Uh, you know, the lyrics, you know, that's why people are yelling them at shows. And then the angsty side is just that's just me, man. I, just, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. Uh, I just. I've always been like that. <laughs> what, are you, what are you mad about, Austin? Nothing in particular. See, and that's what's cool about writing songs is I can I have an outlet to put that into something because I you know I I, I I have ADHD. I'm in my head all damn day. So when I'm able to sit there and like put my thoughts out, they just it's just it's just like word vomit. Just tr- sometimes it's just stream of consciousness. I'm just writing it down and then chopping it up into stuff that sounds good. And sometimes it's angry. <laughs> uh, it, as far as what I'm angry about, global warming. <laughs> Me too. I just I watched Don't Look Up, and I, I've been at, on, on absolute edge ever since I watched it because Leo destroyed me in that movie. It you know I yeah I've had a lot of trouble over the especially in 2021 with the this is the state of the world and the way people treat each other and the way people think. Does it not blow your fucking mind how more people are not upset about global warming? Like, it, this it, is yeah, terrifying. This weird. is a real thing that's happening. Why aren't more people upset about it? Yeah, it's it's genu- it genuinely baffles me, and that's part of my frustration. That's where that quote unquote angst comes from. Is like is like you know, you know, I don't want anybody everybody to think like I do. That you know, that's not realistic. But I do want people to to give a shit. <laughs> I think it's great. I think yeah. You need to get more material and more angst out into the world about that because it's a real thing. Yeah, and that and the, exactly need to get more material out there like that. You know, if I'm not doing it, then nobody is. So, like, I might as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I support that. Yeah, for sure. So, I you know, and yeah, that's where a lot of those songs come from. It's just a place of of passion. You know, just whatever I'm feeling at the time, just it just comes out. And it depends on the song too. Like, you know, if I start with a chord progression that's happy, I'm going to write a happy song. But if I start with a chord progression that's brutal, I'm going to write. You know, I'm going to I'm going to uh, try to reflect that. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Match the mood. Right? Exactly. Yeah. For sure. And yeah, and it just depends on where I'm at. Like, like I said, 2021 was rough. The pandemic was hitting me hard. I got COVID, you know, and uh, it was just it sucked. And my mental health was not good. I haven't been writing songs recently because of that. But I'm getting better. I'm doing a lot better now. I feel really good. I've been working out. I'm down 35 pounds. Right. It's sick. So I'm ready to write songs again. And I'm not sad anymore. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, so it's gonna. It's it's gonna be less sensitive. 
but it's still going to be me. Is it going to be a happy Fox record the next week? We, we, we talked about making a dream pop record <laughs> just because. Yeah. No, nah, I'm going to beat them up. A okay, few thank times. you, Trevor. I'm going to verbally get in there and tear them up a little. Yeah, it's okay. Trevor, what about you? Like, your, like, your guitar playing is, is fantastic. Like, I'm a huge fan watching you perform, listening to the solos, what you bring to the records, like, just that airy, psychedelic guitar stuff you bring, I think really defines the sound of Fox. Um, where, where do like where do you bring what what's your jam, dude? Wow, I would like to say thank you. That <laughs> yeah. is the first time I've ever really heard that. Like I've always like well, that's a shame because like it's when we me I'm and Jay, a fan. You're yeah. great. When Jay and I first started the band, I was like all right at guitar, like definitely like beginner level. That's a good way and, for it. Um, all right. And uh, Josh was the actual lead guitarist, and he was singing. So, I, you know, I kind of just sat in my corner, you know, played the palm muting and all that. And then Josh left, and Jay looked at me and was like, looks like you got to get better. And, like, I was like, it, it, it was pretty daunting. And then I was like, you know what? You're right. I just need to get better. So I went out and, like, I bought a new guitar, bought a new amp. You know, I was like, because I was, like, kind of in my post-hardcore where I was like, this is it. But, like, in high school, like, my grandpa started teaching me, like, making me listen to stuff like Beatles and, like, Pink Floyd and Rolling Stones and all that kind of stuff and kind of got me back into that. So I was like, all right, I'm going to buy, like, an actual Fender guitar. I'm going to buy a Fender amp, not, like, a Schecter. I, I want a whole new sound. And I went back to, like, square one, and, like, that's kind of where that whole new sound came from of, like, learning, like, how to work with, like, new pedals and all that kind of stuff because I got heavy into, like, gear madness it like was eating me up inside <laughs> like but um but it works and it makes a difference yeah mm-hmm. and like i do like appreciate like i still think that i'm still mediocre at like what i do and like it's been really hard like through like the pandemic cuz like i even quit picking up my guitar for a while mm-hmm. and like we were writing these uh new songs and like i was like all right i don't want to like keep that no rule sound but I'm also like, I'm not progressing at all. So like it left me in kind of a, I don't know what to do, but like push came to shove. Like they wrote all, like we help, we re- we write all this stuff. And then like in the studio is like where I mainly do all like that sound effects and all that. And like Austin's like, go for it. And I'm just like, all right, let's see what happens. And like, yeah, and let's make some noise. What's cool about watching Trevor in the studio is that a lot of that stuff you hear is improvised. Like he just goes in, he messes with it for a little bit, you know, he's listening to us, you know, listen to everything getting laid down. And by the time it's time to do leads, he just like he's like, I'm gonna throw on these some pedals and I'm gonna play some music and it always turns out good. <laughs> Sick, yeah, no idea. I just assumed that was rehearsed. Yeah. So uh, it, sometimes. I, I have an idea. Yeah, yeah. He, he's like, I want to, you know, he's like, I'll do this flourish here. And, but like, as you know, as far as like the exactness of it, it's usually pretty improvised. Yeah, awesome. I usually lay it down on the recording and then I go back and listen to the recording a million times. I'm like, all right, how'd I do that? You'd be surprised. <laughs> like a lot of bands did do that. Yeah. Like, even the Beatles, like they'd go in and be, they'd do like 99 takes and be like, that's the one we like. And that's the way we're going to play the song. And then yeah. you have to learn how to play what you recorded. Yeah. 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 Which is. Totally off. Totally fine. Yeah. Or learn how to duplicate Real, that yeah, live. Yeah. How to duplicate yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So jump forward now, and you guys go to Chris Wright's Studio, at Rubber Lizard, Rubber Lizard, Rubber yeah. Lizard Studios. It's a tongue. It's almost studio, a studio. Yeah. Not plural. There's a, there's only one. <laughs> Bear with me. We're drinking some uh, IPAs down here too while we're talking. So chewy. Uh, um. So yeah. You, so you guys at Rubber Litter. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> 
Rubber Lizard Studio. Chris Wright, fantastic engineer. Oh, yeah. He's Talk about – so the difference recording at, at a studio like his as opposed to what you guys have done in the past and then this new venture, which is the new record. Intimate, personal. Yeah, the, that's the biggest difference. It's like, you know, we went down there and worked with Ron, but at the end of the day – He's Ron's, getting, Ron's just getting paid. Yeah. You know, he's not there to produce it. His heart's not in it. And that's fine. You know, that's, that's not what we're asking of him. It's an engineer. He's exactly. He's push the buttons. You know, hey, and, dude, you, yeah. you got all the gear. You do this for us. Chris, it's totally different. Chris is like, I like you guys as a band. He's seen us before. He actually knows what we sound like. He knows us as people individually. So to be in there and have somebody actually give a shit and actually, like, put their heart into it is amazing. It's like, it's... It, I, it's really, it was really a fun time hanging out at Chris's house for sure. Did you guys like stay there? Did you spend the night there or just make that drive? No, we've been, we've been making a couple trips. Uh, I, we did everything in a day right? or like two days. Yeah, we did everything in two days. We were trying to stay the night, but uh, Austin, I mean, Jay and Cam weren't. Two days. That's crazy though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how many songs is the new record? So it's going to be six on the actual record, and okay. there's a seventh song coming out that it won't be on there. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's too happy. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. It was the it's one weird. song, uh, 2020, it was the one song that out of that group of songs we wrote that just didn't fit, so we're like, we're not going to put it on there. But yeah, working with Chris has just been amazing. You know, we went up there, didn't, we had no, I had no idea what to expect because like, you know, everybody's like, hey, we're going to go record this Chris guy. I'd met him like you know, two or three times, you know, I knew he was a nice guy. I'd seen Brave Bones before. Shout out Brave Bones. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started going and it's just like, we all settled in really nicely and just like started, you know, vibing, having a good time. When I, Once I realized like what he was bringing to the table as far as like vision and stuff, it like, it like, it just, you know, it was, it was really inspiring. It was really fun. It's pretty magical when you can vibe with an engineer slash yeah. producer. I, I, you know, I never knew that was possible. Who gets? Yeah, that makes a big difference. Uh-huh. It really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I think that reflects in our performances as well. You know, it was like it just felt looser. Mm-hmm. You know, than being in that ten million dollar studio with the high ceilings and you know people watching you through the glass. <laughs> and you're watching the clock. Like, okay, we're watching out the of clock. Time. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we oh gotta be God. out of here by eight. So you know, it's, you know. Nothing like that with Chris, you know, so it's been – it was super nice. All right. So my last question for you guys is <clears throat> music as far as rock and roll goes as a genre mm-hmm. definitely is not a thing in the mainstream whatsoever as far as I as far as I know. Unless you're Foo Fighters or Green Day really, there's – you know, mu- rock and roll music is – would appear to be dead. Dwindling at least, yeah. Yeah, so as musicians, as we are, you know, playing clubs, dive bars, making these records, what would you say, like, what's the motivation to keep doing it? <laughs> the ac- the need. I, the, the yeah, the, the itch in, in the back of your skull to make music. You know, because if anybody's seen Across the Universe, there's a character called Jojo. And he has a line and he says, music is the only thing that makes sense anymore, man. And he's fucking right. Because everything's so just confusing and fucked up. The only time I feel, like, the time I feel most at one with the universe is when I'm I'm up there and I'm doing the thing. 
So I think that's it. Like, <laughs> there's not, you know, it's, it's, it's simple. It's a simple answer, but that's it. It's just, I gotta. And it's the style of music that just speaks to you and that's who you are. Right. And it's, that's, that's the way you're going to find that happiness. Exactly. Like, yeah. I'm not, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, like I'm not gonna go up there and I, you know, I can't rap to begin with. <laughs> but like, you know, I'm, I'm not. If, like, I mess was messing with electronic music for a little bit. I bought some synthesizers and stuff. I just don't think if I went up on stage and did that, I would get even close to the same feeling as like playing with a unit, playing with four or five guys and rocking it out together. You know, it's, it, there's something super unique and magical about that, and you still see it, you know, somewhat. And it's, it's underground, it's buried beneath all the noise, but it's there. And when you find it, it's super special. Exactly. It is still there. It yeah. Thrives. It, it was there at the, it was there at the happy dog. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? People showing up to hang out, have a good time and hear awesome music. And that's what it's about. Oh yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for coming down and doing this interview. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Bill. Oh, thank you um, for having us. Do you guys want to plug real quick your social media stuff or anything that you yeah, want yeah, listeners we're, to know? We're at Fox Band on like everything, Instagram, Twitter. We just made a TikTok. That's uh, F-A-W-X uh, Band. F-A-W-X, please and thank you. Uh, we just made a TikTok. We haven't made any content yet, but we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, find us on, on any streaming platform, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, whatever you got to use. We're there. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I love having you guys on ear hammer records so thank you so much (laughs) appreciate you guys and thank you again for coming down to do this uh, you know and uh we'll talk again sometime oh yeah thank you man right on thanks